0: With the key roster-building waves of the offseason now behind us, it's time to consider if the Buffalo Bills improved, so we're putting the offense under the microscope today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co host of the Lockdown NFL Scouting podcast. And I'm your host of Lockdown Bills. want to thank you for making Lockdown Bills your first listen every day and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are, those of you who never miss a single episode. I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube. Or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Well, folks, we're going to ask ourselves a very simple question today. Did the Buffalo Bills get better on offense this offseason? And I remember... Very, very distinctly coming out of the 2020 AFC Championship game loss to the Chiefs. And a lot of the narrative was that the Bills blew their best opportunity and that they will never have this good of a team around Josh Allen ever again. And then we did the same thing after 13 seconds in 2021. And then you kind of saw the same thing again coming out of the Bengals loss this past year, where there's this widespread belief that the Bills blew it, they'll never be that good around Josh Allen again, and the window is closing. Well, folks, that's yet to be true. The roster in 2021 was better than in 2020. The roster in 2022 was better than 2021. And Brandon Bean's next opportunity to put together a better roster happened once again and so we're going to evaluate if it's true this time around because so far it hasn't been true and so today we're going to focus on the offensive side of the football spoiler tomorrow we're going to do the defense and they're going to be very different conversations but today is all about the offense so I'm going to go position by position consider what the Bills brought in compare it to last year And answer the question, did the Bills get better at that position group? And by the end of this conversation, we will know the answer as it relates to the offense. And so, of course, we will start with the quarterback position, where last year the Bills had Josh Allen as the starter, Case Keenum as the backup, and Matt Barkley as the practice squad QB3. This year it's Josh Allen as the starting quarterback, of course, but there's a new backup quarterback, and that is Kyle Allen, Case Keenum, now a member of the Houston Texans. And then Matt Barkley is back again for that QB three role. Is it better? Well, is Kyle Allen better than Case Keenum, right? That's really what you're asking yourself because Josh Allen, still Josh Allen and Matt Barkley, still Matt Barkley. Is Case Keenum better than Kyle Allen? I think there's a case to be made that Kyle Allen has more upside than case Keenum, but case Keenum's played a whole lot more football and proven a whole lot more in the NFL than Kyle Allen has. You could probably make a case that you would prefer Kyle Allen because there's a chance he could kind of be the backup quarterback for a few years. And you can kind of stabilize that spot after really turning it over every single year for the last three seasons, younger, there's more upside there but he certainly hasn't accomplished what case keenum accomplished in the nfl and so if you look at it through that angle who's better case keenum kyle, uh kyle allen that's one way to look at it but it's kind of inconsequential here because this is all about josh allen it's all about josh allen and i don't think that there's new layers to josh allen's game to unlock at this point in his career the the man just turned 27 years old yesterday or i'm recording this literally on his birthday sunday may 21st but i think josh allen himself can play better and i think the key here to that happening is the team being better around josh allen whether that's coaching whether that's weapons or whether that's blocking the team can be better around josh allen and therefore josh allen can play better and of course. He won't have to play the back half of the season with an elbow injury, right? Hopefully, right? That's certainly, that's certainly behind us, and we don't have to think about that anymore for now. So if you want to get caught up in the who's better, Case Keenum, Kyle Allen conversation, okay. But for all the other position groups, this will be a whole lot more interesting. When it comes to quarterback, it's still Josh Allen. And to me, it's about how the team can be better around Josh Allen. And so I'm going to label this one inconsequential, but I would understand if you want to laser in on, is Kyle Allen better than Case Keenum? And you say, no, I think Case Keenum's better and that the Bills didn't get better at quarterback. Okay. Let's move on to some of the more interesting conversations. And that starts now with running back. And in 2022, it was Devin Singletary, your lead running back, James Cook, the RB2, Naheem Hines, and Tywan Jones. This year, you have... James Cook, now we presume he'll be the starter. Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, and Latavius Murray. Is that better? I think so. I think so. I think this is a deeper group of running backs, and you have a whole lot more variety when it comes to skill sets. I mean, last year it was Devin Singletary as a pretty established player in his fourth season that had led the Bills in rushing each of the previous four three years. And then James Cook is a rookie. And then, of course, Naheem Hines comes in and is not a factor offensively, and then Tywan Jones is a special teams player. Or now you have James Cook with a year under his belt. You still have Naheem Hines, which a uh, a full off season with the team should position him to be more impactful on offense if they choose to use him that way. Damian Harris is a option that they didn't really have last year, right? Damian Harris is a downhill between the tackles runner with size and physicality. That's a new skill set that they really didn't have, which you also get in Latavius Murray. And you get pass blocking upside in Harris and Murray. I think whether it's catching the football, running between the tackles, pass protection, receiving ability, it is better across the board this year when it comes to the running back position. And again, it's more depth. It's more variety when it comes to skill sets. You have a whole lot more proven commodities here compared to last year. Even if you want to swap out Zach Moss for Naheem Hines and look at it through that lens for that stretch where that was the backfield, the Bills enter this season with more variety of skill sets and more depth, and it's not particularly close. So, yes, the the answer is absolutely yes. The Bills are better at running back this year than they were last year. All right, we got wide receivers and tight ends coming up in here in just a moment. But first, need to tell you about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And so you can get in on this NBA playoff stuff. There's the NHL playoffs, of course, that are happening. The MLB season is in full swing, and there's a lot of really fun football's futures bets on there. They got win totals over, under, that type of stuff, and that's always exciting to get in on. So check it out. There is no better place to bet on all the sports and playoff action, then over at America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's continue this conversation focusing in next on the tight ends. And that tight end, your 2022 group was Dawson Knox. Quentin Morris as your tight end, too. Tommy Sweeney, your tight end three. Well, folks, we know what happened here. The Bills invested their first-round pick and a fourth-round pick in a tight end, and so you still have Dawson Knox. You have Dalton Kincaid, your first-rounder, and now Quentin Morris presumably becomes your tight end three. Are the Bills better at tight end in 2023 than they were in 2022? This one's easy. Yes, of course they are. We are expecting significant things to happen here due to this addition of Dalton Kincaid with the offensive scheme and what he restores in terms of a slot option, middle of the field, red zone, keep things on schedule, really talented pass catcher. And what he can mean for the personnel groupings and the versatility that he offers to line up in a number of spots, and win as a blocker and as a receiver. I'll give you a little spoiler here. I'm scheduled to give you a podcast either later this week or early next week where I am going to get deep in the weeds on 12 personnel, how Knox and Kincaid can coexist, what it means for Dawson Knox, how, what the Bills need to make sure of to make sure that this whole plan is successful. I'm getting into the weeds with that later this week or early next week. I want to make sure I have enough time to research it and get it recorded, but that's going to be a big episode for us, and so you have that to look forward to um, as a little tease here, but this tight end situation is something that obviously the Bills felt very strongly about and have felt very strongly about getting that other tight end to go with Dawson Knox, and we've seen some failed attempts at it, whether it was Jacob Hollister or OJ Howard. You know, I guess you can maybe even look at Tyler Croft who the Bills gave a decent amount of money to when they signed him. I think the Bills have really wanted to have a couple of tight ends for a number of years that they can really feature. And after some misses, right? The Bills said, let's get this Dalton Dalton Kincaid guy in the first round. Let's trade up for them, and let's put an end to this search. And I'm excited to see how it comes together, and I, I really look forward to really unpacking that for you very, very soon. But are the Bills better at tight end entering 2023 than they were coming out of 2022? A resounding yes is the answer to that. Let's transition now to the wide receiver position, another position group that had a lot of turnover this year. So, really, some really different skill sets now added to the mix. So, in 2022, it's Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir. And then it was basically practice squad call ups of sometimes John Brown, sometimes Cole Beasley late in the season. Tanner Gentry got called up and was active for a game, and he recently retired from football. And so, that was your wide receiver core. Now you still have Stefan Diggs, and of course Gabriel Davis, and Khalil Shakir, who's entering his second season now. But they went out and paid Deontay Hardy to come in from the New Orleans Saints, who so we've talked a lot about—a speedster that's on a per route basis been incredibly pro- productive for his career and has made Pro Bowl. Has made a Pro Bowl as a return guy. They signed Trent Sherfield who gives them some size and blocking ability and really has been a great story for a guy that didn't get drafted, has been on multiple teams and has never spent a day on a practice squad. That says a lot about who he is. Then of course the draft pick of Justin Shorter. And so is this group better than last year's group? I think pretty obviously the answer there is yes. And then getting two veterans in Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield automatically Makes this a deeper group. I mean, the only thing you really lost was Isaiah McKenzie. I think you you replace that in more with the addition of Deontay Hardy. I think Hardy's a way better version of McKenzie. Everything that McKenzie gave you from a gadgety type stuff, horizontal jet motion, you know, Hardy's a more explosive athlete in that regard. Hardy's a way more proven return guy, and Hardy's been a more consistent receiver when it comes to route running hands and winning at all three levels of the field and so that's really what you lost was Isaiah McKenzie you added Deontay Hardy but that's not all that you added you added Trent Sherfield, who was wide receiver three for the Miami Dolphins last year who I think is going to do a lot of the dirty work for this group that you kind of take for granted with blocking and being in motion and being versatile and playing special teams you know i think i'm not expecting him a high to be a high volume target for this offense but when everyone's healthy what i think he can offer but also a nice little insurance policy if you do have some injuries here to know that you have him and so that's a big addition not to mention the upside that exists with the bills drafting justin shorter out of florida and the height weight speed specimen that he is And his appeal to win on fourth down and on special teams, but also block and provide more size than anybody else to this group. And so when I consider this wide receiver core and I compare it year over year from where it left 2022 to where it is right now, I feel very comfortable saying absolutely, yes, it's better. And so we've now worked through the offensive skill positions, running back, tight end, and wide receiver. And very comfortably, I was able to say yes to the Bills being better at those position groups right now than they were in 2022. And so for the frustrations that existed last year when it was widely labeled a Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Make it happen, you don't have that much else at your disposal. Well, the Bills have been very deliberate with additions at running back, tight end, and wide receiver to improve the weapons around Josh Allen. And so, despite entering the offseason over the cap, picking late in the first round, only having six draft picks entering it, Brandon Bean found a way to improve pretty significantly all three of those skill position groups. And so if you wanted more weapons, you got them. You got them. All right, so we will evaluate the offensive line coming up here in just a moment, offensive tackle, interior offensive line, as we continue this discussion today on Locked On Bills. All right, I want to get to this offensive line conversation, but first I want to remind everyone about the Locked On Bills subtext community. We just launched this. Last week. And so I'd like to invite you to join it. It's uh, something new, like I mentioned, that we're offering. There's a link in the show notes for today that you can click on and join the subtext community. Here's what you get Uh, you get one on one text conversations with me, and that has been so fun. Easily my favorite part so far has just been uh, getting to know a lot of the listeners better, uh, having some back and forth conversations, um, answering questions about the team, hearing a lot of really cool stories about. Fandom and favorite players and all that type of stuff. So I'm enjoying those one-on-one text conversations, and so that that absolutely exists. You can save me in your contacts, Joe Marino, and text me uh, whenever you want to. Um, you'll get priority for herd mentality submission. So if you're a subtext subscriber, you submit a herd mentality item. I'll make sure we get to it on the show. I uh, will have some exclusive content. Um, I'll give you some regular bills musings text right. If I have different thoughts and. Uh, different programming uh, items as it relates to the podcast. You'll get uh, to hear that. I'll give you my first reaction to all Bills news. So if something major happens, uh, I'll share some thoughts. So the Bills had some uh, changes with the scouting department that were added uh, last end of last week on Friday. I sent out a subtext with some general thoughts on that. Uh, we'll do some giveaways as well. And speaking of giveaways, we're doing one. So everyone that has joined or uh, joins the subtext community before may 25th so this thursday you're gonna be entered into a drawing and i'm gonna give away two copies of my book go bills which is a really cool book if you don't have it um it's my it's me telling the story of the buffalo bills year by year every single year you can read the story of the team what happened of course the statistical leaders the starting lineups key additions uh Major awards, all that type of stuff. Great coffee table book that you can pick up. And hey, what happened in 1976? What happened in 1989? What happened in 1994? Whatever year it is, I wrote a story about that season and it's put together in a book called Go Bills. It's actually right over what shoulder is it? This one here, if you're watching on YouTube, it's right there. Uh, we're going to send away uh, two copies of that through a random drawing. I'll personalize it with a signature for you as well. So, uh, check it out. Check out the Lockdown Bill subtext community. Again, the link to join is in the show notes. All right, let's talk about this offensive line situation. I want to look at it through the lens of offensive tackle and then interior offensive line. And so we had a lot of fun stuff to say about running back and tight end and wide receiver and that it got better. I'm not sure we could say the same at offensive tackle, where um, it's pretty much a very similar cast of characters. In 2022, you had Deion Dawkins, of course, the starting left tackle, Uh, Spencer Brown at right tackle, uh, David Questenbury was the swing tackle, and then Bobby Hart was also part of the mix. This year around, it's pretty much the same. Deion Dawkins, Spencer Brown, David Questenbury, and you don't have Bobby Hart anymore, and Tommy Doyle is hopefully healed and ready to go from the ACL tear that he suffered in week three last year in Miami. And so from a personnel perspective, you just look at these players and you ask yourself, are they better? Well, No, right. It's, it's the same. It's, it's literally the same. And your hope here is Spencer Brown's development, right? Can Spencer Brown take a a big, big step forward? I'm hopeful. I can certainly point to the last two years and say, Hey, things have been pretty uneven. There's been some good. There's been a lot of bad, some, some, you know, pass protection issues for sure. You know, that's, that's stuff that has to get cleaned up. And so on paper, you can't say that this position group is better. Now, you can certainly make a strong case that Spencer Brown is positioned to play the best football of his career this season. And we've been through a million times the reasons why he's had inconsistency dating back to high school and injuries and canceled seasons and all that type of stuff that have really kind of put him behind. But folks, it's got to come together this year. And I guess on one hand, you look at this position group, and you see that the Bills didn't do anything. They didn't bring in meaningful competition for Spencer Brown. They didn't draft an offensive tackle at all. They didn't sign. They brought back David Questenbury. They haven't done anything with Bobby Hart and Tommy Doyle's coming off the IR. They have a lot riding on Spencer Brown. There's got to be some belief in this player, right? When I mean, we've heard Brandon Bean talk about it a lot. We've heard Sean McDermott talk about it a lot. There, there is belief, whether it's the words that they say, but more importantly, the actions. If they were concerned about Spencer Brown at right tackle, they, surely they would have done something besides re-signing David Questenbury. And so, no, on paper, this is not better. But your hope here is Spencer Brown's development. Again, plenty of reasons to believe it comes together this year. And if it does, that's exciting. That's really, really exciting. But we got to see it, right? And we know that I'm excited about Spencer Brown. But I'll admit that I still would have had a little something more than David Questenbury back as the, the competition for him. I would have I would have had something else going here because it's so important. And, and they didn't do anything. Didn't do anything, and so, boy, oh boy, Spencer Brown's got to happen this year. And I, I've I've compared him. If you guys remember, was it coming out of twenty twenty? I think so. You know, there's a lot of talk about Dawson Knox, and there was a lot of hope that the Bills would trade for Zach Ertz or sign John U Smith or what whatever, right? And I was really in on hey, I think Dawson Knox is going to be okay. Like, he's really physically talented. He's got a weird story. There's reasons for this. I'm in. And in some ways, I I apply a lot of that to Spencer Brown. But we got to see this come together for sure. No, I, I don't think you look at offensive tackle and say that it's better. Hopefully, Spencer Brown will play better, and it will be. Which gets us to the interior offensive line. In 2022, it was Roger Saffold. Remember that guy? <laughs> what a flop signing that was. Spencer or uh, Roger Saffold, your left guard. Mitch Morris at center. Ryan Bates, and then the key backup there was like Greg Van Roten. Ike Bucker came back later on in the year, but uh, you know if it wasn't Greg Van Roten, you kind of felt like David Questenbury was kind of also an option at guard as well. At 2023, you've done things here. You brought in Connor McGovern. Sign him a decent, pretty good deal, right? Coming over from the Dallas Cowboys. Mitch Morse at center. Got Ryan Bates. You drafted Osiris Torrance. David Edwards was low-key, a really nice free agent addition. I've said it multiple times. I think he's a sufficient NFL starter. Ike Bucker is still around. And so is this better? Oh, man, it's absolutely better. Swapping Connor McGovern for Roger Saffold is significant. I mean, Saffold was a flop last year, so disappointing. Connor McGovern, I think, can stabilize that left guard position. Really athletic, very good pass blocker. And so I think your left guard position's a lot better. And then you look at Osiris Torrance, a very high upside player, a second-round pick. We have high hopes for what he can mean for this offensive line, potentially this year. And then David Edwards, is phenomenal depth at guard phenomenal depth and so your starting lineup is absolutely improved that left guard maybe improved that right guard your depth is better yes guard is better interior offensive line is better for the Buffalo Bills pretty pretty convincingly and that's that's encouraging because I feel like this guard stuff has just been a revolving door I don't think this has been satisfied yet right I mean it's like different starters every year at both spots we'll see if Connor McGovern and Osiris Torrance can get it done but that's definitely been a pretty big black eye in my opinion on this roster year over year just perpetual issues at guard I mean just think think back just the amount of different names Quentin Spain Brian Winters John Feliciano you move Daryl Williams in there for a little bit. I mean, has there, has have the Bills had a a primary starter year over year at left guard or right guard yet under Sean McDermott slash Brandon Bean? I don't think they have. So uh, hopefully McGovern and Torrance can stabilize that. But yes, it's better. And so reflecting on this conversation here, quarterback again, I think it's inconsequential. It's it's Josh Allen. You want to get caught up in a Kyle Allen versus Case Keenum debate? Go right ahead. Not super interested in that. Running back? Absolutely, yes. Tight end? Absolutely, yes. Wide receiver? Yes. Offensive tackle? No. An interior offensive line? Yes. And so from a, a collectively, in totality, you look at this offense, and I think it's better. Personnel-wise, it is collectively better. And that's that's great. That's important. We love that. We love to know that there's – more to work with. It's better. And so just as important as it has been for Brandon Bean to improve the personnel and be better around Josh Allen from his skill sets, right? Like whether it's skill players or blocking, now it really comes back to Ken Dorsey. He's got to put it together, right? And so that's that's just as important as reflecting on if the talent is better. The talent is better. Can Ken Dorsey also take a step? I think those two things, you know, have to have to work together here. But once again, we go back to the question, was that the best supporting cast that Josh Allen's ever had? No, because once again, it got better. So there you have it. We've answered the question, if the Bills offense is better, the personnel is better, in 2023 or entering 2023 than it was coming out of 2022. Feel good about that being a yes. Not so sure I have as good of a story to tell tomorrow when we have this same conversation reflecting on the defense. So come on back for that Wednesday. My plan is herd mentality. I know OTAs are happening this week, so we'll be a little bit fluid as we need to as news comes through that there's you know things to talk about. We'll, we'll absolutely be willing to interrupt our programming for that. So Make sure that you are subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, share the podcast, check out the subtext community. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.